Welcome to an iTunes Darkest Hour special. I'm Rihanna Dillon and I am delighted to be joined by the film's director, Joe Wright, and its stars Gary Oldman, Chris and Scott Thomas and Lily James. Thank you so much for joining me. Everyone, congratulations on The Darkest Hour. Um, Joe, let's start with you. What was your motivation for making a film about Churchill? Well, I read this screenplay and um, I laughed and then I uh, found myself wondering what was going to happen next, even though I knew the outcome. And, uh, and then I cried a bit and, uh, and I found it to be kind of extraordinary portrait of a man at a crisis point in world history. And I, and I wanted to do it. And then, and then I wasn't sure whether, you know, I wasn't sure um, uh, until Gary came on board. And then I thought, well, you know, I, I'm, you know, Gary's the greatest actor in the world. I want, I want the chance to work with Gary as well. We've seen Churchill in quite a few guises, but never quite like this. How did you put your stamp on him? Um, well, I think together, Gary and I saw a Churchill that was kind of different from how he'd been portrayed before. He's often portrayed as having been sort of born in a bad mood. And actually, this Churchill uh, was incredibly energised. Uh, he was sort of manic, almost. Um, uh, his brain worked at 500 miles an hour, uh, and everyone found it quite difficult to keep up with him. Um, it's quite a kind of intimate portrait of him. Um, we we uh, wanted to sort of explore the man behind the myth and, uh, and see if we could relate to him. Gary, how do you move away from the stereotype of Churchill and start to embody him yourself? Because this didn't feel like a stereotype well, watching I think it. it's you just... What, what, I mean, I, I, I just went back to the source. Um, as Joe said, you know, he's been represented over the years and played incredibly well by some very brilliant actors. But you have to sort of put all that noise to, the, to one side. And um, it was... I mean, it was very much there on the page. The there's it, it it was you know it's it's Anthony that is that is looking f for this portrait, so he has laid all the groundwork for you e e emotionally, where you where you travel in the in the in the in the, in the story. Um, is the writer. Yeah, Anthony McCartan, our screenwriter, and and then I just went to some of the. I mean, the, 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 the book's written about uh, Churchill, I mean, uh, uh, voluminous. I mean, there's, there's hundreds of them. Um, uh, this, the record, the speeches, um, the, certainly, you know, all the famous speeches are, are, are recorded. Um, I had an iPhone app. There's an app, a Churchill app, and, you, and it's all the speeches. And so you can travel with it. And I used to sort of put it in the car and you can just click on and they say, 1938, <laughs> Churchill's speech. Um, and I would just, uh, a sort of an immersion, you know. And, and there's lots and there's plenty of newsreel footage from the, from, from the period. And as Joe said, what I 
what uh, the revelation to me was the energy of the man. That he had a, a dynamism and a, and a sparkle, it, like a live wire, you know, electric. Well, like you say, there is so much source material. You're playing Clementine. She's like the real force behind Churchill. What kind of impact did you want to leave the audience with about her? I just think it's really interesting to think about the women who um, share the lives, lives of, these, of our important leaders. Um, and I think that uh, in Clemmie's case, um, she was very much part of the engine. She, she really, I wouldn't say she was behind him, I would say she was sort of next to him, with him. Um, they uh, communicated a great deal. Um, they had very, a very tumultuous marriage. But what interested me in it, in all of that, is how do you, how do you deal, how's it, how, how is it domestically with someone as brilliant and extraordinary as, as Winston Churchill and who was, give, who was in, in the, the period that, that our film deals with, the, 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 the situation that he's facing is so impossible. Um, and I just thought, what interested me in that was um, was how that how that woman deals with that and how um, how she, does she take a does she step back does she step forward what does she do and so that's what we, that's what we look at in the film. Lily, your character Elizabeth is kind of like the heart and soul of the film almost. What did you enjoy about playing her? Oh, um, <clears throat> I um, firstly I enjoyed. Well, my character is sort of based on a real woman, Elizabeth Layton, and who wrote a book about her experiences working with Churchill throughout the Second World War. So I loved reading her book and seeing Churchill from her perspective and all his kind of mad sort of quirks and behaviour and the way she sort of withstood it and, you know, um, was there as a sort of dedicated secretary for him and um, passionately sort of committed to him. Um, and then for me, just to, to play someone that's working, that sort of um, has her sort of, her own sort of mission in this is, you know, to, to, towards the war effort. And then for me to be in these scenes with Gary, who is Churchill, it was kind of terrifyingly magnificent. And to share the scenes with Gary and... It's fun. It was really fun. It looked so fun, yeah. like you giggling in a corridor together. Yeah, that, that felt really scene. sincere. There was lots of sort of highs and lows, wasn't there? And their sort of, and their relationship, which in reality, um, you know, developed over the course of four years of the war, but in our film, sort of developed quicker. We sort of condensed it. But you know, the, the truth yeah. of that relationship was, I thought, really interesting and unexpected. Um, how important was it that we did see that more human side of Churchill, that vulnerable side? Well, that's kind of the point of the of the film, really. You know, I, we we know Churchill as this great sort of bronze statue standing on top of a plinth in Parliament Square, surveying uh, the world and the traffic. Um, uh, and the idea was to bring him down from that plinth and and try and understand him as a human being, really, and, uh, and, and as fully as possible in this very short space of time. Um, find the details, find uh, what made 
what made what made him uh, such an extraordinary leader, and 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 that is about his relationship with uh, all of those people around him who supported him. I mean, my perspective of Churchill has completely changed since seeing mm. the film. To be honest, do you think? What was your perspective of him? Before? Well, like you say, you know, this kind of very bolshy brash, rude character. And yeah. then you see the more human side, you see the marriage, you see how he relates. Um, he didn't suffer fools lightly. No. I mean, you know, he was, he was really tough on people if they didn't live up to the standards that he thought the nation deserved. Uh, but when they did live up to those standards, he was kind and generous and he was very funny as well. He used humour, he kept everyone going uh, with humour. He worked harder than anyone else and he expected everyone to work as hard as he, as he was, you know. And he made mistakes, he made lots of mistakes in his career. He was in Parliament for like 50 years and, and during that time he, you know, there were some things he, he possibly got wrong, but at this point in time, uh, he was the man who got it right. Um, Gary, Joe said that he was persuaded to come on to this after he realised that you were on board. What persuaded you to take on Churchill? Well, we, really, we came... It was just a, a harmonic thing, you know? We, we, I think we just came on at the same... really the same time. Um, I loved the fact that it, it, it was only really the, that the script... I wasn't asked to play life and age and, you, you know, it, it was just a, a, a very specific and very defining window of time that we were, that I was being asked to play. Um, and at the end of the day, it's always people ask you, why, why, why do you do something? And you say, invariably, it's script and director. You, you, respond, to the, you respond to the material and you want to know that the, uh, the man in charge, the governor, knows what he's doing. And um, I had admired and respected Joe and his work. Um, met him before he was a filmmaker, I think, or a, young, a fledgling, <laughs> yes, many years ago. Um, Remember that encounter? I do. Yeah. Oh, it's seared <laughs> into my brain. I was 20 years old, I think. What year was it? would it have been? 96, Ooh, I No, think. I was 20, 25. And um, my friend Kathy Burke, the actress, uh, was in Gary's film, Nil By Mouth, uh, one of the greatest films of the 90s. And, um, and she took me to a screening and I, and I watched the film and was completely blown away by it. And then after the movie, she introduced me to Gary and I was totally starstruck. And she said, um, she said Gary, this is my mate, Joe. Uh, he's going to be a film director. And uh, I was like, oh, hello. And, uh, <laughs> hello, Mr. Oldman. Like that. And, uh, and that was it. Yeah. I think she might have even said, one day he's going to direct you in a movie. And I was like, I've got a feeling that yeah. she did say that. Yeah. And, uh, and what better film, you know? Um, so that, that, that was. I mean, I don't want to speak for my other thespians here, <laughs> but is that is the, would you say it's script and director? Script and director. Absolutely. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. 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 Not quite sure which order. 
<laughs> well, Kristen, you said, I think, in the past that you wanted to do something only if it was really irresistible. So what was so irresistible about Dark Stallion? Well, <laughs> 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 Come on. <laughs> awesome Come on, Kristen. <laughs> Come on, the Danes. <laughs> Come on, the Danes. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, um, uh, <laughs> I think, um, well, we just, the, the script got it right. You know, they, 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 they created a place where we could actually recognise a human being, not a shadow lurking in the background, but um, a woman who um, engaged with her husband, who engaged with the, um, the, the, cu the current events, who was, who... who who loved and looked after somebody who drove her insane, mm. but that that's what she'd chosen to do. And, and I feel that, that in, um, in our film, there was space for me to, 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 to sort of deliver that, to be able to um, make a Clemmy that makes sense. Mm -hmm. Jo, there is so much of this film that struck me about being very isolating. You often think about wartime as sometimes bringing people together, but that isolation was something that really stood out. Can you mm. talk to me a bit more about that? Um, well, I think in the words of Spider-Man, with great power comes great responsibility. And, um, and, uh, thanks. <laughs> and, um, and the responsibility that Churchill shouldered at that time uh, I believe must have isolated him. Uh, I think it's quite, you know, it's quite lonely up there and, uh, and, and frightening, really. And although he, you know, he, 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 he must have felt that fear. And, and so I tried to create a kind of visual language that um, expressed that by placing him in these kind of boxes, by kind of boxing him in constantly, uh, creating this sense of claustrophobia. Um, there's lots of kind of frame-within-a-frame kind of uh, compositions uh, to try and express that isolation, which then at the end, and this is kind of the, the fulfilment of it, the, the idea that he was able to break out of that isolation and connect with the British public in a way that was um, uh, deeply um, personal and, and become their voice, you know. I mean, that's the thing about great leadership is that uh, he, he became the voice of the people and expressed um, their sentiment uh, and sometimes express their sentiment that they didn't even know they had, you know. Um, uh, I think, I love that quote where he's de someone described him as being the, the British lion, and he said, I'm not the lion, I'm the lion's roar. Um, the idea that the British people were the lion and he was there to be of, of service, to be their voice, you know. It's a film off, a lot of the films about language and about the power of language, the power of words to change and shape history and and that's what he did tell me a bit more about i know you've touched on this already but about you know the research that you had to do because there is just so much how do you sort of be like actually i need to leave that there now and stop it's just when you fall asleep <laughs> basically <laughs> you just you know there's so much he churchill himself wrote more words than shakespeare 
Um, uh, it's impossible to read everything yeah. about Churchill. So you just read as much as you can. And at a certain point, you have to put the book down and start, you know, start work. Um, I, I think rehearsal. Yeah, really. But the time, but the time we got to rehearsal, which is rare and unheard of. I mean, to be to work on a film, you have four weeks rehearsal. Is you, you know, you say that to a producer, they and they <laughs> they twitch and spasm. You know, um, so God, God, God bless them for giving Joe and and, and us the time to uh, physicalize it and vocalize it before we got there. But I think. Joe's, I, I, I at least I, my, I might have it wrong, but you know, you, it has to become a creation in the end and not an impersonation, for, I mean, on for, all, for all of us. And I think by the time we got to rehearsal, it was Joe who just said, really, now's the t we put all of that away. We, we've done the research, we've done the work, um, and now, this is what is in this is what is in front of us. This is the story we're telling. We're telling it with these words, and um, so there does. It, it's you know there just comes a point when you when you um, have to, and sometimes you need a, and sometimes you an actor needs a director to say, stop, stop. We're we're, we're working we're working with this now. You also try and set people kind of practical tasks as well, so that it takes them out of their head. Yeah. Like when we did Anna Karenina, it was all about learning the dancing. With this movie, um, uh, Lily learned to, learned to touch type, <laughs> I was right? going to ask you about like, this. She literally learned to insane. type. She had, this, she had this wonderful tutor who would come every day. <laughs> you had take care she, at one point. It's called you touch typing, isn't touch it? Touch yeah. typing, yeah. And she would just like be obsessively... Like, <laughs> I was obsessed. She, she was it. so obsessed with her touch typing. She, it was like she felt that if she learned how to type, everything would be okay. <laughs> right? I was frightened at one point I got too fast that it looked like I was doing it, like it was fake and it wasn't. <laughs> it was really amazing. Like she got these really muscly fingers as well that were just like hammering away at this 19th we, we had a rehearsal room. A, about the size of, the, of this room, and okay. um, oh, I'm so sorry. So a, a, and then there was, uh, and then in any break that we had, you you would go off for a cup of tea or something and come back, and and there was <laughs> Lily alone. Like that, well, it's, it's, hard. Hard. <laughs> it's not like uh, you know, it's not like a laptop where you can just like lightly touch yeah. it. Yeah. Well, they say you say that Churchill says that. Yeah. Be quiet. There's another bit where, where you say, it does sound like gun. It's like it's so loud that it does feel like you're going slowly insane. Well, it, it used to. Um, we we had a moment in in the script and these things. They you know you can't put everything in, mm. but there were. But he did in fact have them have uh, silent typewriters because of that very thing, because it was just so distracting and it was so loud um, that he couldn't that he you know, that he couldn't think. Um, so Lily was just annoying everybody on set yeah, with this. not annoying everyone. I was just worried for her sanity, because yeah. it was a bit obsessive. You have like, to OCD. Tear, tear, tear her away from the... It's like, Lily, it's OK, don't worry, darling. 
We can, you know what I mean? It's no, you're not, like, you're not actually going to see what you're writing. I could have been writing like bread and butter, bread and butter. Bread no, but it's wrong. It's wrong, Joe. She'd say, look, I got the tea right. The tea's. Uh, <laughs> oh, it's all right now. But you imagine down in the war rooms with all those, those typing pools with all these women. It must have been, it must have sent people insane. Yeah. Lily, you've spoken about the shock of seeing Gary on set as Churchill. Was it really intimidating? Well, we were saying the first time we saw him was in rehearsals. Mm -hmm. And all of us were just sort of, like, stunned. Like, I, there's a picture of me, which is caught where I'm like this. <laughs> like, literally, like, I can't believe it. It was so... People sort of rose to their feet in respect. <laughs> it was very... Yeah. Was that the first I... time you'd commanded that? Well, much? I, it was, well because I'm... But by the nature of it, meant that I came in early and was really ready by the time the other cast arrived for rehearsal. Um, and I had, we were at Ealing Studios, and there's two, there's, at the end of the corridor, there are two main sort of stage doors. And you would go with either one or the other, depending on what side of the room or the, what side of the set you were on. And I had, um, they very kindly gave me dressing room number one. Mm. Quite right. And, uh, quite right, quite right. <laughs> and, uh, and I would come out of the room in the morning to go to the set and all the background artists and day players and people that would come in with secretaries, soldiers, you know, office, the staff, office workers, um, they were lining the corridor on these benches where they, it was like a holding, mm -hmm. It was, a, it was a holding room, but basically it was a corridor. And I would come out and walk past them all to the set and they would, all the, the soldiers would all straighten up <laughs> and they would salute and, 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 the, and, the, and, the, and the secretaries were all like, oh, God, it's Mr Churchill. <laughs> <laughs> so it was, a, it was um interesting yeah. reaction of... of uh, prepares of, you for the, for the scene, though, prepares you for oh, the role as yeah, well. It was, yeah, it was, yeah. Because then you don't have to play the authority. The authority is given to you. Yeah. 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 That was that great note you get. I remember you gave um, uh, Ben. Yeah, yeah, Ben. The, yeah, yeah, yeah. Ben, yeah. 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 No, ben, who played the king. And, every, and he kept on, every time someone bowed at him, uh, he would bow back. And I was like, there's something wrong with this. <laughs> and then I suddenly realised one day, the king doesn't king. bow back. The king's job is to accept the bow. Uh, and once, once uh, Ben started accepting bows rather than, you know, feeling like he had to bow back, then we were in good shape. You know, that is... It's a great piece of direction, that. Just that. Sometimes you, you know, you read these books about... Or I've, I have in the past, you know, you read a book about a director or a famous director or a famous actor or they talk about... And, and you read, you know, Stella Adler and, and Jutta Hagen and all, all these things that you should do or shouldn't do. And, um, uh, and then you work. You work with people and um, a director may just come up and say, uh, it's very good, but there's a little more at stake. It's a bit more at stake, and that's your note. That and that—that's that, that, that's a terrific note. Yeah. And to see that, and then just say to an actor, "You don't bow, you accept it." Mm -hmm. That can change. Mm -hmm. 
that adjustment. That changed something in your yeah, mindset. And it can, and it, and it can mm -hmm. be the key. Yeah. And, it, and it's the, the combination to the lock, you know? Joe, you've talked about Gary as being a shapeshifter before, which yeah. I absolutely agree with because you look different in every single film. Um, but we wanted to ask you about which outstanding cinematic transformations have captured your imaginations. Um, Lily, let's start with you. Well, we were just talking about Charlie's Theron in Monster. Yeah. Which is, but I actually want to change it now to True Romance, you and True Romance. Me and True Romance. Because that is, like, one of my favourite films, and Gary in that, like... Drexel. Drexel. Oh, it's just phenomenal. <laughs> and it's, like, I love, I love those. They're some of my favourite scenes. That's a transformation. I mean, Jesus. <laughs> Absolutely. And especially from Churchill. I mean, you couldn't have two more polar opposite people's human... In every respect, like, every single... I mean, physically, spiritually, mentally, everything is... Yeah. That's a, good, that's a really good pick, actually. Yeah. Kristen? Well, I have to say, I think Marion Cotillard in La Vie en Rose was amazing. Yeah. Absolutely. And also, you're really good at saying her name. I can. I can yeah. say Marion Cotillard and yeah. everyone would fall over. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That was yeah, impressive. That's... Yeah. yeah. Almost it was, as impressive it was, as it was, No, yeah. yeah. I mean, that, that was pretty spectacular. When I was growing up, I really uh, loved um, Alec Guinness. Mm -hmm. um, and so there was a movie called Kind Hearts and Coronets mm -hmm. uh, where he played, I can't remember how many different characters. Uh, and he played an entire kind of um, line of a family. And, uh, and I just thought this was the most wonderful thing I'd ever seen. Um, uh, he, was, he was really one of my, my all-time favourites. I also really liked, um, completely different, uh, Kate Blanchett in uh, I'm Not There, when she played Bob Dylan. Uh, I thought that was kind of a shape-shifting performance. Uh, I couldn't believe that she had somehow encapsulated this uh, this figure, um, and that she moved beyond gender. Even I thought I thought that was that was incredible. Mm -hmm. Tilda Swinton does that also very well in Orlando. That was yeah, absolutely, quite absolutely. Yeah, Gary, what about you? Do you have a I think, favorite? Yeah, I think I'd have to say um, Robert De Niro in Raging Bull. He, I mean. You just have to admire the sheer commitment to the work. Um, uh, I remember I, re I remember seeing a matinee performance of it in um, in the West End up here when I was younger when it first came out, and um, I was so staggered by the photography and the direction and the performance and performances that I came out and bought a ticket for the evening performance <laughs> and then had to sandwich somewhere and went back and watched it. So I watched it back to back twice in one day. That, that, that is, in, in terms of just the, as I say, a commitment to the work, um, it is the holy grail, I think. But I like, I'm a great fan of, but I don't necessarily... Uh, I, li I like Paul Newman. I like Robert Redford. I like yeah. Gary Cooper. Um, I, you know, where it's like a different head mm. inside, mm. and it's the eyes. You know, it's it's the eyes, and not all the fire, not all 
all the all the, the fireworks. Charles Lawton as well. Oh yeah. Charles Lawton was another hero of mine when I was growing up, and his uh, Hunchback was uh, a life changer. There's a there's a story about on um, is it Spartacus? Yeah. And there's a story that uh, is told about. Um, Peter Ustinov used to tell the story and was asked what it was like working on the set of Spartacus because there was Charles Lawton and Laurence Olivier. And he said it was like the two of them were in a sports car and Olivier was out in front, but he was looking in the mirror at Charles Lawton who was mouthing, I can overtake you at any time I want. <laughs> <laughs> that is fantastic. You can imagine that as well, can't you? How is it acting with those, all those prosthetics on? I mean, that's an incredible it's like feat. A, it's like a cross your heart bra. <laughs> I forgot I was wearing it. <laughs> I, I have it on. Um. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect look. <laughs> um, no, it's, it's like a synthetic skin. I mean, it, it moves and doesn't. It, it, it gets a bit... We all kind of forgot he was wearing it as well. Completely forgot you were wearing and it. it. Yeah. And I think that that's, that's, that was so important for all of us because we had to believe him. The moment we could see the commitment that Gary... I mean, this happened within seconds. The commitment that Gary had brought to the room and, and how he was able to embody this man... Um, you thought, oh, right then, well, I'm going for it. I'm going to be Clemmy. He's being Winston. I'm going to be Clemmy. And you just believed it, didn't you? And you didn't have that absolute terror of him suddenly whipping off the mask and saying, oh, I've got you there. You didn't have that at all. It was just total faith and trust. Mm -hmm. And I kind fantastic. of forgot what Gary looked like. It's oh, sort yeah. of now, sitting here with you now, I kind of... It became so the norm and it was so a real person that it was... It's kind of... Well, we would go... It, um, we would go into the bunker, as it were, mm. and it was so immersive, the set down in the war room. I mean, Sarah Greenwood, I mean, there were things you didn't see. There were, like, down to pins and paper clips Pencils. that she got. And you would open a drawer and there would, there would be things in the drawer, you know, so that the whole atmosphere was so immersive that... To be very honest with you, it, it, you know, the other way round, you were Elizabeth. Mm. Whoa. You weren't Lily. Mm. You know, we would get into this space. Yeah. And, um, but not in a kind of indulgence sort of, uh, I, I never get out of character, no. don't call me Gary, <laughs> you know. Um, uh, it was just a kind of, everyone was invested and committed to the work and and you were you were there you know and I'd like uh, to be called Vicky on this <laughs> with his yeah. bra <laughs> one of my favorite one of my favorites was when we used to play music on set you know and uh, one of my favorites was 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 Gary twerking to uh, major laser no, uh, bubble butt as as what Winston Churchill age. yeah it was beautiful Please tell me you have videos of that I, I do. Yeah. <laughs> Can we see yeah. one day? I need to and, do that. Yeah, maybe. And you're warming up of uh, uh, the a Parliament oh, with all the with on the on the on the last day with with the, where it was packed to the rafters, 
Um, and Joe would come out sort of like one of those warm-up comedians, you know, that were kind of like he would he would he would come to the dressing room and say, "Well, I'm going out out there. I'm gonna I'm gonna warm them up for you." And uh, the the Hey Jude thing hey is Jude, the is whole of the we played we played music and we played uh, and, and on the last morning, uh, as nearly said Churchill, Gary was about to give the fight them on the beaches speech. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and I played very loud. I played Hey Jude. And 600 uh, men uh, started, you know, putting their hands in the air and singing along to Hey Jude. Wow. And it was this incredible chorus. Yeah, it was really beautiful. And it, and it created a kind of uh, an emotion, an, an emotion, a kind of wave of, of goodwill almost that supported Gary. Um, uh, at, at that moment, you know, uh, and, and, and that those supporting artists are really vital to, 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 to the, the, the guy who's going to be, you know, um, holding the, the baton. It was shaking the walls. Mm. You could, you'd come into the studio, obviously they're, they're soundproof, but the moment that you came in, I've got a video of it, actually. Yeah, oh, I've got to look at all these videos. Yeah. Yeah. The whole experience of shooting that scene was just... I was, because I was right up in the rafters oh, yeah. and the gods watching and it was just... How many days did we do that for? Uh, that scene, Two. Only, we, we were in there for three days. Yeah. It, was, it was one day per speech, basically. Oh, it was a really magnificent scene to watch. And trust me, to be there, it was like... Yeah, I bet. <laughs> Very special. What a note to end on. Thank you so much for joining me. That was really fabulous. And Darkest Hour is available to pre-order on iTunes now. Wow. Great. Really?